Check, 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 check. Okay, welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Ethan Supley. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, I was just on his podcast two days ago, uh, and I actually get nervous being on other people's podcasts, so now I'm in my own my own domain, so I can be easy flow. <laughs> you can say whatever you want halfway through. Yeah. You're like, fuck you, man. No, no. So, um, so you're the second actor I've had on my podcast. The first was Rappaport, and you're my second one. And interesting enough, you guys are both born in New York. Yeah. And you were born in Manhattan? Yeah. Um, how was it growing up in New York? It's, it's interesting because a lot of my friends I know from New York aren't actually born in New York. I Well, I was born in New York but grew up here. Okay. So we moved out when I was like one. Oh, wow. Okay. And I cling to that fact that I was born in New York very hard you know <laughs> it's good crit east coast yeah, yeah yeah exactly i am not from los angeles <laughs> though my kids were born here and i think they're outliers man i don't think a lot of people are born here in los angeles no, a lot of transplants yeah so wow you moved here when you won yeah i have, I have no memory I, I don't have any memory of like going to gray's papaya as a one-year-old i have zero memories of new york it's kind of like a good like street that you have from new york is born in manhattan yeah Cool. I, there's a picture of me with a bagel, and I think I have a memory of that, but I, it could just be a memory of the picture. Wow. Did you spend a lot of time in New York throughout your life, though? Yes. Yeah, we always went back to New York. Um, I love New York, and now one of my kids lives there. She goes to school there. It's cool. So we're there a lot. We were there, actually, um, March 3rd. She had, she had an art show at her school, and we were there, and, and I was like I was like talking to people, like, are we worried about this? is about this virus like new just my perception new york is a much denser place a lot yeah. of people on top of each other uh and and i was worried and kind of like saying to her like we're we're gonna go back to la now which i th feel like is gonna be much safer mm -hmm. i want you to think about coming out here and she came out uh a week or two later which was good just in time because you'd be stuck there by now yeah for sure yeah um so how, how was it growing up in California? Like, do you remember? Obviously, do like, how was school? You have, you have siblings. I have a, I have one little sister. Yeah. Okay. Growing up here was awesome. Um, you know, I, I guess there's some aspects of New York that when we would go and visit, I think you have more contact with people, which I enjoy. But I also then like the idea that you can escape that contact with people, like we do here. Like we're all. We're, we're all kind of confined to our houses and our cars for the most part until yeah. we enter some public place, like a, a show or a yeah. grocery store or whatever. And then we like make the decision to be a part of the public. But otherwise, we're solo where New York, like even when you're in your house, generally, unless you live in like upstate or something, you, you're still a part of the public because four feet away in almost any direction there's going to be another habitation yeah you know and so i i i like both things i i think that the ideally there would be a better mixture of the two like more connection here yeah or less connection there but i think both things in doses are good yeah i mean new york you just walk out of your house is like hundreds of people you're banging into people you're always touching a stranger and the subways, just all the thinking about that now with the current situation is like, it's gross and kind of scary. But like growing up in there and taking the trains and being around people, the energy of the people, there's something about that. But also when you're living in New York, where I was there before I had a son, before I was married, 
but like just the energy of just being kind of young through that city it's an incredible energy of yeah. all the different people yeah you can feed off that energy it's nice yeah so I, I moved here from manhattan so where i live now this is like suburbia to me like you said like this house is on my street like i can drive like three three minutes and be over by the grove or by melrose like you said going to the city this kind of like suburbs yeah even i mean even in brooklyn where people yeah. have what they call houses the houses are all touching each other you yeah, know what i mean true. or they're separated by like two inches yeah and here there's just more space yeah. and uh you got to go like way out on long island to see a house the way we consider a house to be a house true with, with property kind of surrounding the whole thing you and know neighborhoods it's wild. And stuff, yeah. yeah and queens too yeah um i think that's how we were ahead of the curve in coronas because we were spread out and our friends in, the, in New York are like on top of each other. People taking elevators together, pressing the same buttons, going to the bodegas together, going back in their house. And then the trains, dude. Trains. They never shut them down. They never sh- and, and, and they're just, you get packed. Like sometimes on rush hour, you get packed Ooh. in there like sardines. And, you know, proximity to a person and, and then being indoors. Even, I think they... Even when you're walking around on the sidewalk, you're near to people, but there's at least the atmosphere to like separate or disperse whatever the virus is. Yeah. You get on that train, dude, and what you got like three feet above your head and everything's just trapped in there. Yeah. I mean, I can't even, even since I've become older and went back to visit New York many times, I, as, as, as I've been older, it's, I still get claustrophobic taking trains. Like growing up and going on trains when I was younger, it was so fun and easy. But now even it's like, ugh. not even on a germ level, just like on like underground. Just, I don't know. Just who knows what could happen. But now I can't even imagine like even moving forward with that. Even Yeah, there was a, a really long stretch of my life where like as a kid going with my parents, I remember getting on trains. And then when I started working and going to New York for work, I never took trains. I would, I would take cabs Yeah, because I I was lazy, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like a lazy actress. So that's what (laughs) we do. We're not taking trains. And that lasted for years and years and years. And it wasn't until my kids started living there and I would go to visit her and, you know, at that point, the plans are all on her. Yeah. And she's like, we're going to go to this restaurant. And she has everything figured out. And I'm like, okay, do we call an Uber? And she's like, what? What's that? No, we take a train. <laughs> and so I started taking trains again. And yeah, I agree, man. I don't know if I'm just too accustomed to LA lifestyle, but there is something about cramming into a space with people that. I don't know how that really comes back. I, I think it's probably just a, a necessity for a lot of people. Yeah, it's like no choice. You have to do it, you know? Yeah. I always had a fear of like getting, when, when sometimes the lights would go out underneath or it would pause in between two stations, like freaked me. I was, that was always a fear too. Yeah, and and the, the L, the big train from, from Brooklyn or uh, I, I guess you get Queens with the L too. Maybe mm-hmm. not Queens, but Brooklyn certainly... They were shutting that down in one direction to do some repairs for like a year. Okay. And like the amount of traffic coming over the bridges was almost impossible to tolerate. Yeah. You know, that's like so many people are on that million people every day or something more than that. It's cr- yeah, it's wild. So, um, all right. So growing up here, so how were you in school? Did you like school? I hated school. <laughs> I hated school. I was not a good, I, I wasn't a great student. I hated school. I left when I was 14. Wow. Yeah. I, I, school, I was not into it. I, I now, and I really regret 
um, not going to college, not because there's something, uh, some industry I wish I was a part of, like law or medicine, yeah, but because the idea today of uh, having four, or if I was going to go and get a PhD in something, six or eight years of being semi-responsible for myself and studying, that, yeah. that sounds like, like a gift from God to me today. Yeah. But I couldn't have done it, um, I guess, when I was a kid. And so I really want my kids to go to college two of them are currently and and i hope the next two go also but you know i don't know if it's really worthwhile or it's just like a luxury at this point mm. you know yeah so you, you quit school at 14 so what grade would that be that would be like eighth eighth grade yeah and what was the reason i just hated school we have issues in school or were you I, a wild kid or anything i'd get or? in fights and i i wasn't uh i wasn't uh e- e- I wasn't having like real bad issues. I just couldn't go. I just didn't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And you, would you, were your parents cool about you quitting? No, not cool at all. But I was, <laughs> um, I was a very, I was very problematic for them. So that they had a lot of trouble, um, dictating my life. And so at a certain point I just said, no, I'm not going to do this. And you know, I'm a big, I was a big 14 year old. Mm-hmm. There was no way my, dad was going to like pick me up and walk me into school dang yeah so did you get a job like what did you do i didn't i got in trouble for a couple of years and then i started working as an actor and an actor is kind of the perfect job for a a, a talentless lazy person <laughs> what? What, so what did you, you had no goals at that point when you quit like i'm gonna quit school this sucks i'm gonna do this or just kind of just like i'm gonna quit school and figure it out at, at 10 i really uh, i i kind of gravitated towards biology and i and i had like this thought of like oh i could be a doctor like that was my thought and by the time i was 14 i think i'd seen scarface and i thought being like a drug cartel oh, that was yeah that was like <laughs> i thought that looked cool you know what i mean like <laughs> you had access to all the drugs so you could do all the drugs and then you could sell the drugs and become rich like that seemed romantic to me i never did that um <laughs> but i like romanticized that and then i had a, a friend who was an actor and while going to school right before i quit school i went to work with him one day and it was in the middle of school uh, he just he just got to not go to school that day and uh, and went and like played make believe and like had all these people fawning over him, making sure his hair and makeup was wow. good and like giving him clothes to wear and and he like got to do this acting that seemed fun and uh, and so by the time I was sixteen, I was kind of thinking about that like that dude has a good life like he mm-hmm. he's he nobody's telling him from like he gets to like ditch his normal life and go play in this fantasy world and yeah. that and so that's what kind of drew me to that did you um did you get along with your parents like after that I, I i started to get along with them once i was uh kind of autonomous and and taking care of myself and yeah. i had some what i considered to be agency over myself i i i kind of started to respect what they were trying to do Dude. with me more, you know? Yeah. But it took some, 
it took me being responsible for myself to kind of have that epiphany. Yeah. Were you, um, were they supportive of you wanting to be an actor? Yeah. I mean, they were supportive of me wanting to do anything but be like a drug cartel. <laughs> yeah. Scarface. They yeah. weren't into that. They were like, if you're going to be a criminal, we're not into it. But <laughs> the next best thing, you know, one step up, we're okay with. Were you, um, were you partying back then and stuff too? And no. Yeah. Did you start at an early age doing that? I started pretty early. Um, and I, I was, I was really into drugs and alcohol until I was like 24, 25. Yeah. Wow. So you started probably like around 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Just experiment with the people you're hanging out with, I guess. Right. Yeah. Go to the, you know, I would not go to school and go to the park near my house and there were always kids there doing shit yeah. that, you know, kids are not supposed to be getting into. Yeah. So it, what seems like you had like loving, awesome parents, maybe I'm wrong, but in, in, in a sibling, what, what do you think you were so rebellious for? I had fantastic parents. Um, I don't know, man. When I, when I really try to do deep dives on, on analyzing this kind of thing today and think about it like philosophically, I think that um, like a- anything that is uh, being done to me against my will um, that, that, that I am kind of having no say in, uh, it doesn't really work for me. If, but if I can, if I can try to attack this, whatever it is from multiple points of view and try to assume, which I think is also very hard to do to assume another point of view is, is difficult, but you can, if you think about it from a long time, I, I realized that, um, like I can take stats and data and stuff and recognize that there is no value to the stats and data until I give that those that information value. So any okay. anything moral that's occurring is is from a point of view. It's not actually real in the in the way that like this table is in front of us is a real thing. Yeah. Now there are that we could get really deep into this, but there are, <laughs> there are molecules that make up this table that we decide it's a table that we're going to use as a table is up to us, right? To somebody else, it could be shelter. Um, point. Or somebody could look at it and have n- no discernible use for it at all. Uh, or somebody could want to break it up and use it as firewood. So whatever value it has is from a point of view. And if I can wrap my head around a point of view where anything that's being done to me that I can find some agreement with. I can get into it a little bit, but I find that usually I do best with things that are self-motivated. And yeah. so I didn't come to wanting to learn anything until I woke up one day interested in learning. And then I was interested in like philosophy and stuff like that. And yeah. I started reading on my own and, and uh, I, I woke up one day and wanted to be an actor and I, and I was able to do that. If, you know, you come to me and you say, you have to do this, it's going to be very difficult for me. Now, today, I will try to see whatever your point of view is and try to make some kind of connection with it to see how it could work for me. But like school just didn't work for me. Yeah. You know, was that even what we were talking about? I feel like I went off on a fucking tangent. I love it. That was was awesome. Um, All right. So you start getting into acting like what, 16? 16 17 yeah and so do you go take acting classes i took acting classes um i took acting classes for for a while and 
And I remember um, the last kind of like scene I put up in acting class that the teacher said, I need you to do that scene again, like go work on it and come back and do it again because something's off and I I don't know what it is. And I was just like, that's not helpful. I'm going to go learn to act by just being an actor. And, and, and so I went out like the next day and got an agent and the first audition, the first day of auditions he sent me out on, I had a job. And so then I just decided that I didn't need acting school anymore. Wow. And would that be 95? No, it was even before that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, um, 93, 93, 94. Yeah. The first job I ever had was a show called Boy Meets World. Yep. Yeah. That was a big show. I remember that show. Yeah. Thank God. It was part of TGIF. We were on the (laughs) fucking Friday night lineup. That's awesome. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Wow. So that's the first, that's the first one. First one. Yeah. And I, there was a, there, my my first, the first audition I went on was uh, for Melrose Place. And wow, I still watch that show. Yeah. And I I was like. Hey, Melrose Place and Boy Meets World. Okay, here we go. And I went to Melrose Place audition and then was on my way to Boy Meets World and had to use a payphone because I didn't have a cell phone back then. Old school. Called my agent to make sure I had all the right information. He's like, Melrose Place wants to hire you, but you don't have a Screen Actors Guild card, so they're going to try to figure out if they can uh, buy you one. Like, there's a... Taft Hartley law, which lets okay. you into the union. And I got to Boy Meets World. I did my Boy Meets World audition and I left. And the I called the agent and he said, So Melrose Place won't Taft Hartley you, so you're not gonna do they're not gonna do that. But Boy Meets World will and you can go do that. Sick. So that was like my that was day one and I was like, Okay, wow. well, I'm an actor now. That's amazing. Were your parents stoked? Yeah, very happy. Because that was a show at the point it was already a, a big show. Or was it? Yeah, no, because I was I started uh, year two of their okay. run, and yeah, it was a big show. Yeah, and then after that is uh, Mallrats. No, Mallrats was well. That's a big one, man. That that well, Mallrats. No, was not my next job. I mean, there's some other stuff in it. In between, I, yeah. I know they list it like this, but like Mallrats. I think I had done like a couple, I, I, I wound up doing Boy Meets World for a couple of years. Yeah. So I'd done a bunch of episodes and then I did some commercials and then I went and did Mallrats and I thought like, well, I'm not a TV actor anymore. Now I'm a movie guy and Mallrats came out and then nobody saw it in the movie theater. It didn't become like a successful movie for, for 10 years. Like wow, nobody classic. watched it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember that. That's uh, Kevin Smith, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's a really cult classic now, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. It it did. So it didn't uh, do good in the theaters when it came out. Did not do good in the theaters at all. Yeah, it, people hated it. They yanked it. Like I don't even think it made it two weeks in the theaters. Were you bummed? I didn't really understand back then yeah, the how how anything worked. I didn't realize that that was a thing. Yeah, I was just like, hey, I'm in a movie theater. Yeah, that's sick. So that's that's amazing. So there's TV to that. Did, did you want to be any certain type? You just wanted to act. You didn't care what it was like drama, comedy, whatever. You just wanted no. to act. Yeah, I liked both of them. Did you have somebody that, you, that uh, you looked up to as an actor back then? You know, oddly, I really liked this dude, Peter Laurie, who who is like, uh, 
I think he was German and he, he was in like uh, Casablanca and he was in Arsenic and Old Lace and, and this great uh, Fritz Lang movie called M. This awesome kind of uh, old school character actor. And I, I really remember thinking like that dude has a great career. Um, so he was really the guy I kind of idolized back yeah. then. And did you watch a lot of movies growing up? Yeah, a lot of movies. I spent a lot of time watching movies. And I went through weird periods where I would only watch, like, Humphrey Bogart movies. And, um, you know, and then, like, went through a David Lean era. And, and I would yeah. get stuck on genres, kind of. That's Were you working jobs in between? Or were you just trying to be, like, would you, were you trying to be a full-time actor after Boys Meet, Boy Meets World? Are you trying to? No. Honestly, once I got that job, that's the only job I've had since then. I never, I, I'm always... To this made, day? Yeah. Wow, man. Holy sh... That's amazing, man. Yeah. And you were how old then? 16. Wow. Yeah. That's I mean, amazing, yeah, but man. also at 16, you know, how much money do you need? I didn't need... True. I, this was like money for drive throughs But just career-wise, like I looked, at, looked up a lot of your stuff, it's like you worked almost every single year consistently, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, so how soon after that was Chasing Amy? Chasing Amy was like maybe a year later. I love it. That's an amazing movie, man. It's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. That did well. Yeah. That well, that crushed because Kevin Smith made a movie for like 40 grand that that made money. Now, honestly, in order to make money at 40 grand, all you have to do is make 40,001 dollars and <laughs> yeah, you've made money. Right. So yeah. it's not the bar is very low. Yeah. But then they spent like 6 million on mall rats. And it didn't make money. It lost wow. a bunch of money. So he went back to his earlier model. And I think he spent a couple hundred grand on chasing Amy. But then it's like easier to make money. But it wound up doing better than Mallrats. Yeah. I love that girl in there, man. I can see her face right now. Joey Adams. Yeah. She was awesome. Yeah. So that's two Kevin Smiths right there, right? Yeah. Um, he has actually a good story too now. He lost all that weight. Yeah. And he's vegan. Yeah, I know. Turn his life around. Yeah, um, he'd be good to have on your podcast. I did. Oh, you I, did. I had him on. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be on him. Um, I'm gonna be on his podcast in a couple weeks. I think. Awesome. Um, he's a great dude. And then, how many movies after that was the one I really excited to talk about? Is American History X. American History X was. That was '98. '98. Well, it, it might. We might have shot it in '97, and it came out in '98. Um, yeah, that was an awesome movie. I, I, you know around the time that I was like 14, 15, I would go to ska shows okay. and punk rock shows and, you know, was in, certainly in a, in a scene that was heavily involved in like the movement of anti-racism. Yes. And there was a big contingency of overt racism in Orange County. There were like skinhead gangs and mm -hmm. like, uh, these war white Aryan resistance dudes, and we would fight with them. They would come up to shows that were in Hollywood or the Valley yeah. and hang out in the parking lot, and we would fight. And then we would go down to shows in Orange County. So the fact that I could be in American History X was really meaningful to me because it was something that I was very passionate about. Yeah, and I, I, I always want to talk to you about that. I get like your roots in punk rock and all that stuff. And because, like, just 
everything about your character it, it, it was so believable you know what i mean like yeah you always had beat up people like that before been around people like that before yeah i mean i was never socially around people like that before but no, i, I, I mean. definitely I mean. had some run-ins with people like that and uh and then the director wanted us to like sit down with people and 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 i was like like real people like that yeah and i was wow. like i don't know how this is gonna go like you know i, I might it might not go well, but I had to like switch hats and go like, I'm an actor now. Mm-hmm. And the director wants me to like study this guy. She actually meet with like Nazis, like white power people and ask them questions or. Yeah. And animisms. then there were scenes where I don't know if the director fully understood the dynamics, certainly the dynamics of Los Angeles, but he, I guess the casting director would put out feelers for all skinheads for atmosphere and not to realize that there were different factions, yeah, like sharp, sharp skinheads yeah. and and war skinheads mm-hmm. are not going to get along. You don't want them. So they would show up as extras. Yeah, and wow. there and there were fights. There were a couple fights on the sets. Um, Holy shit! The I th- I mean, it wasn't. There were no like riots or yeah, brawls yeah, yeah. or anything. But like, if you if we're filming a scene where like I'm in a band singing this crazy song, <laughs> and and you want to have like people you know watching the song mm-hmm. and you want to have them look realistic you know not a lot of people were shaving their heads as a fashion thing in no. 1997 no um so you need a bunch of people with shaved heads and then the, the 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 gals running the the fringe hairstyle and all of that like you want some of that you can't just cast that net super wide in the yeah. 90s like you're gonna get a bunch of people that don't like each other it's true you know um and i don't think they realized that and and I was just like, I'm just an actor. I'm wearing my actor hat. I'm yeah. staying out of this, you know. But you were the, it seems like you're the main actor from the movie that actually knew about the culture. I, I did have I did have some understanding. You know, th- that the movie is very much about the 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 racist aspect. Yeah. Um there there wasn't really any portion of it that was like, hey, there are people in an ancillary scene that are adamantly opposed to this. You know what I mean? It didn't really showcase that at all. Um, That's true actually. But you know, I don't know that it needed to showcase that really. That's not what the movie's about. Edward Norton did an incredible job too, man. Awesome. He looks so, it was so powerful, man. Yeah. Um, Did you have to, did you have to like let him know about stuff like that too? About No, no, I never even brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> even like the shirts and just everything, like just the bands and those just... Yeah, yeah. Did that movie do good when it came out? Yeah, it was well received. Yeah, and Norton got an Academy Award nomination oh, for right. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's some like, there's some gnarly scenes in there, man. There's some, it's really intense. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that girl too. I forgot her name. She was in tons of movies, like vampire movies. Feruza um, Balk. Yeah, interesting yeah. name. I would never get her name right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, is she's she, awesome. Is she still acting? She's around? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. She was she was a badass too. Yeah, she Just was Just everything about it. And that was supposed to be in Venice? Yeah, which is a, another odd thing. I never thought of Venice as being like a hotbed for racism mm-hmm. um, as a kid. Certainly, if you go a little further south, there was a lot of that kind of stuff. Um but I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there were guys like that in Venice that I just—I I, I never hung out in Venice as a kid. Yeah, 
I was Hollywood or the Valley. Yeah, I remember seeing that come out, like the ads for that movie. I was like, holy shit. Was there any kind of um, any negative pushback from skinhead community or anything like that, or no? Not that I. Yeah, it was before of. the internet, isn't Yeah. I, I can imagine that now. Right. So a whole different thing coming out now, you know? I don't know if you can do that movie now. No. Um, yeah, I actually, oddly enough, uh, there was a picture of me and Edward Furlong uh, from the set. Okay. And. And one day somebody forwarded to me from Twitter and there was a person on Twitter who put that picture up and said, I've been seeing these two at shows, get them or something like that. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, first of all, this picture is 25 years old. Oh and second of all, God. it's from a movie. Like these are not real people. Oh my God, man. <laughs> but like the fucking internet is a wild place. It is so wild, man. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I'm sure there's, I'm trying to, I'm, I got the ones that are written down. I can't do every single movie, but Dogma. Yeah, Dogma. That's a great one too. Dogma, I, do, dude, Dogma was one of my favorite scripts I've ever read. It was such an interesting, like, um, take on religion, on, on Catholicism, I thought, and like just kind of humanizing these, these deities or these, yeah. these angels and, and kind of giving them a voice as though like, you know, it was interesting. Was it, that Kevin Smith too again? Yeah. Wow, man, he loves you. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that was a fun movie, and I played the uh, the shit demon. Shit demon. Yeah. Yeah. And that that did good when it came out. Seems like it's a cult classic, maybe. Yeah, I don't think it did as well as Chasing Amy, but like I think it made money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I, what I think is amazing, you do not only one, but you're in two Denzel movies. Three. Three. We were almost the Corys. Remember the Titans, John Q. What's the other one? unstoppable oh yeah okay yeah how was it working with Den that's that's crazy man it was awesome that's an incredible movie too remember that's an amazing yeah uplifting powerful movie so such a cool movie and it was really fun because i think the i don't know if i did blow in between them but like i did oh, that's right blow too i, I did in there, yeah i got to do american history x and so like um kind of attack racism from that position yep. and then do uh, remember the Titans, which was another kind of attack True story on racism. Too. Yeah, yeah. So I, it was, it was really fun. Denzel um, was wild because the, you know, there was like a kind of distinct factions of like here are the actors that are sorry, here are the actors that are um, the high school kids, and and we all kind of hung out and had our area like in between shots and takes, like, mm -hmm. and then here are the adults over here, and Got like you. Denzel and Will Patton. Oh yeah, and all the adults are like, just kind of separated a little bit, you know, which is fine. Um, makes sense too. Yeah. I, now being an adult myself, if there were a bunch of rowdy teenagers, Young you know, cavorting yeah. around, I'd be like, get them the fuck away from me too. Um, <laughs> and and so there wasn't. Re I had really very little interaction with him outside of the scenes we did. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to do John Q, it was like we were best friends. Because awesome. here's like a whole new ensemble group yeah. that neither of us know, but we know each other, you know, so it was it was fun. That's cool. Yeah. And Blow is awesome too, man. Blow is a good movie, yeah. That's a powerful movie as well. Yeah. That I, did really well too. That did well, yeah. And I and I definitely was started to get envious again while doing that of being a drug cartel kingpin mm. again. Yeah. Were you sober during this all these movies? No. No, I didn't get sober until two thousand one. Okay. And those were all those were all in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 2001, you go stone cold sober? Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think it was that made you have that? 
I I was I was most likely going to die. I was very very overweight and um just very reckless with my health. Like didn't didn't care about my health at all and and I just you know there were a couple months where I would go to bed every night and kind of be resigned with the fact that like I could die in my sleep. Wow, man. Yeah. And you know, heavy, people die in their sleep when yeah. they're doing a bunch of drugs and people die anyway. in there when they're, when they're heavy. And so I had these two factors working against me. And I think I just woke up one day going like, what a shitty way to go. Like I've gone, I've become really apathetic about life and you know, and, and I think I'd seen a doctor and, and like had really awful blood work and like had bad, like my liver function was bad. All my, uh, uh, my lipid panels were all bad. That's why you're so important now. Yeah. Had, had really swollen ankles, which the doctor said was probably the beginning signs of congestive heart failure. Like it was just How old were you? 23 wow 20 no 24 i guess okay 2001 24 and uh yeah i just uh i just thought it, uh, it would be a, a more heroic tale that even if i died i wanted to like be on the road to like being uh at least i wanted to be drug free like a day yeah you know what kinds of drinking and stuff? Heavy drinking, drinking and drugs. I, I did. I did everything. Every yeah, all wow. the drugs. Yeah, cocaine, obviously. All of it. Yeah. Wow. So the more you stayed busy and the movies were doing good, you started making money. Were you living on your own just by yourself? Yeah. Wow. And just wilding out, partying. Yeah. I. 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 I you know, I, I was a guy that could do a bunch of opiates and still put away like you know, four family value meals at Damn, at mcdonald's man. or wendy's or something so how, what was the most you weighed it? the 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 highest i ever was on a scale and i don't know how scales work today i imagine they've they've uh they've gone up some as yeah. the country's weight seems to climb yeah but back then they went to like 300 pounds or maybe 350 which i could never do uh but there was uh a place where that had a, uh, a shipping scale that went up to like 700 pounds. And I got on that scale and the highest I ever saw on a scale was 536. Holy shit. But, but I know I gained weight after that. So I was for sure heavier than that. I don't know exactly how heavy. So in my mind, I'm like 550, yeah. but that's like only 14 pounds mm -hmm. above. It could have been even above that. So at that point it wasn't you weren't worried about the weight as much as you worried about the drugs at that point. I'm like, I yeah, I wasn't thinking about first. the weight so much and and I got sober and it, it was within like a year and a half that I started to think about the weight, but mm -hmm. but I definitely got sober first. Sober first. Yeah. And so you've been sober ever since? Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah. That's 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 awesome. Yeah, my wife drinks. Um, my wife does too. Yeah, and we've gone. I've gone on trips in Europe where she'll like want to hit uh, all the wine tasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the all the wine tasting stuff in Italy, and and I would go and like you know all the the wineries would also produce olive oil, and I would do olive oil tastings. You know, and wow. then I mean, fuck, there was one year where I wasn't even <laughs> eating bread. And I so remember that. I actually remember that. Usually they'll give you olive oil and bread, and you dip the bread in the olive oil, and then they. And I was like, I don't eat bread. 
Uh, I was just taking little thimbles of olive oil and shooting them to go like, oh, yeah, this one tastes like nutty. I was making bullshit up, you know, like while she's (laughs) tasting her her aromatic wines. So, (laughs) um, so, so, so when did you start losing weight? Did you do that soon after a couple years after that? 2002. 2002. Yeah. And, and I, you know, with sobriety, I found, um, that like for me rock bottom meant that I was incapable of making a plan because I tried to get sober a number of times on my own just stopped doing drugs and it didn't work and so my rock bottom was like I'm going to turn this over to somebody else and and put this in their hands and just do what they tell me to do until I get my footing like now my life is not designed that way but it was help. A, it was at that moment yeah that i uh that i really could recognize that I, it, it was beyond my control mm-hmm. and so i kind of did the same thing with regard to my weight i went like i've tried diets i don't really know much about nutrition so i just said to who is my wife now i said i, I don't know what to do i'm just going to do what you tell me but here's what i want yeah. i want to lose weight and uh and I want your help. And she said, great, I'll figure something out. And, and she found a plan for me. And I did that for, you know, probably six months. Yeah. And in that time, I, I started to research other diets because the diets I did for a long time were diets that were like, do this until you lose the amount of weight you want to lose. Yeah. And then you're done and you don't have to diet anymore. And so... I find that every time I did that, I just gain weight again. Yeah, and I definitely did that for a long time. I gained and lost weight, and uh, but I could also become more and more responsible for myself over those periods of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like able to research a diet and do that diet successfully, mm-hmm. um, figuring out the post diet routine took me a while. You know what I yeah, mean? Because yeah. left to my own devices. If, if, you know, there's a, a movement right now, um, I'm going to forget what it's called. I think it's um something about just like eat what you feel or what you think, you know, intuitive eating it's called. Okay. And, and I go like, if you want to lose 10 pounds and you want to take that advice and, and do some uh, nutritional research and then intuit what your nutrition should be, that's fine. Yeah. I am a true glutton. Like I will overdo everything. And 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 I was put on a diet when I was 5 and developed really really bad eating habits from a very early age. 5. Wow. I destroyed any sense my body had of when it was full. Like I, that doesn't exist within me. So okay. you know, I like watch people who I consider normal people. I think there's normal uh people who can use drugs and alcohol and it doesn't destroy their lives. Yeah. And I think of them as as normal people. And I think of like people who aren't morbidly obese today as normal people. It's a terrible word to put on anyone normal, you know, but that's just my, you know, how we use language. We, we put things in categories. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I categorize thin people for the most part, it's like my, I, I, I don't like essentialism, but I, I use it in this way. Um, and, and I realize that it's irrational too, but 
I didn't have that. I don't have that. I don't have, I look for it now. Like I'll set out a day of eating and I'll try to be mindful of when I've eaten what is calorically and nutritionally a proper meal, I will try to sit for a few minutes and recognize what my body is doing, how it feels, what it feels like in my stomach, what my energy feels like. Yeah what my alertness feels like, like all these factors can change. And I just dulled the shit out of them as a kid. And, and so I I don't like intuitive eating to me seems completely insane, but, uh, there is a universe where with some effort and diligence, I can not be morbidly obese. Yeah. I mean, you did keto. You didn't say you didn't do bread for like a year. For no, for no sugar. almost no ten years, you did no I didn't sugar do bread. Too, right? No, no sugar. How I still don't really eat sugar today. So how long you did ten years no bread? Yeah. And did that help? You think? You think I, gluten's an issue? No, I gluten is not an issue for me. For I, you, I eat bread today. Could, could it be an issue for somebody? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like, I mean, there's like real diseases for that, sure. that there's celiac. That's a scientifically, you can look at that yeah. in a microscope. You can look at blood with celiac. But you didn't have that. You just didn't want to try to eat bread. Okay. Yeah. For me, the, I, not even the idea, the idea for a long time, I, I would look for the responsibility in, uh, in, in other places outside of myself. Okay. So, so if, so if I could go like, well, it's, it's carbohydrates fault that I'm fat. It's just that I can't process carbohydrates. So if I excise mm-hmm. those from my diet, then I'll be fine. Uh, ultimately not true. Yeah. You need that. You still, well, yeah. And even if you're not eating carbohydrates, if you, if you eat, you know, 5,000 calories in bacon every day yeah. and your body's only burning 2,500 calories calories a day you're gonna gain weight yeah that's just thermo that's that's thermodynamics mm-hmm. we can put whatever value on the law of thermodynamics <laughs> that we want it's still there it yeah, still yeah, exists yeah. so it was easy for me to cut out this whole kind of uh, uh macronutrient carbohydrates okay. and go like i'm just my what i'm gonna derive fuel from is protein and fat period okay, okay now my pool to choose from is much smaller. So I have more responsibility right there because whatever my limited responsibility is, if it's overwhelmed by too much, I'm going to give up and fail. But if you reduce it, okay, I can be responsible for proteins and fat. Now that said for years, I would go back and forth with like a lazy version of keto, which was Mm -hmm. like going to a movie theater, buying a hot dog, throwing the bun away and dipping the hot dog in nacho cheese. Okay. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose weight. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and, and keto's just meat, right? Ke- keto's no meat and vegetables. Okay. Okay. So when I was, uh, when I was, uh, doing a quote unquote clean keto, I would call it, I would eat like chicken breast or not ch- ch- chicken thigh. Cause it's a little higher in fat, a bunch of vegetables and some olive oil. And okay. And even then I could find that I would overeat. So I'd have to even go, okay, I got to get a little bit more strict, reduce a little bit, experience a little bit of hunger, but not overwhelming. And then I'd lose weight. And then I'd go like, oh, it's just the carbohydrates. You know, there's all this kind of cognitive dissonance of like, it's just the carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. but it's just the carbohydrates with a little more diligence and then a little more diligence and then even some more. Right. And so today... (laughs) 
having read a shitload of nutritional books yeah, sure and, and scientific studies on this stuff, I go like, at the end of the day, you can lose weight eating McDonald's. Now, you might not feel great. Yeah. And it might not be a lot of food. Like by volume, the food might be less because that stuff is calorically dense. But you can. At the end of the day, the, the amount of calories you consume really do matter. So whatever you're doing, if you're losing weight, you're in a caloric deficit, period. And the one size fit all diets don't make sense to me anymore either because like my caloric needs are very different from your caloric needs. I weigh 260 pounds. I'm 12% body fat. I have a ton of muscle. I probably need to eat. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely sure, unless you have like hyperthyroid or or, wow. or something like that, I, I, <laughs> or or whatever it is. I, I need to eat a lot of food. Yeah. Um, I feel best when the majority of that food is protein, and the next biggest block is carbohydrates, and I'm actually eating minimal fat. But I got to eat some fat, but mm-hmm. just a, a lessened amount. And that's kind of the balance I've come to. I eat six meals a day. Wow. They're all pretty much thought through of like how they're going to be ratioed and their caloric balance and all of this. You do all that every day? Yeah. I mean, I I can almost eyeball it now. Like I know a cup of rice has between 45 and 50 grams of calories. I know it's worth, I mean, 45 and 50 grams of carbohydrates. White rice or brown rice? Is it different? Yeah. Brown rice has a little bit more. Okay. Um, is it better for you white rice and brown rice? I don't digest brown rice as well as okay. I digest white rice. So I actually don't eat. I thought it was a difference in proteins or whatever. Not proteins, yeah. but. I mean, there probably is. I just yeah. don't mess with brown rice. Uh, I know like, you know, uh, or wheat, uh, extra sour rye dough, a rye bread has like 70 calories per slice with like 14 grams of carbohydrates. So I can like Dang. build a meal around this stuff. And, but it's not, it's not that it didn't take really as much work even as figuring out how to dial in keto. At first, when you cut out carbohydrates, your body, the, the the liquid, the water stored in your muscles goes away. So even if you're eating in a caloric surplus, for the first week or two of keto, you're going to lose weight on a scale. It's mostly water. Okay. Once you've depleted your body of that hydration yeah. that the carbs are allowing you to hold on to, which none of it is fat, it's all just water. Okay. You have to be in a caloric deficit to lose fat, to burn fat. You have okay. to. So to dial it in, which I just thought I was you know, a rare exception. I stopped losing weight on keto on the scale and I'd have to reduce my food. And then when I'd start losing weight again, I started getting these scans of my body. And I realized after about 10 years that I was also giving up a lot of muscle, which I didn't want to do. So then I just went down the rabbit hole of nutrition and kind of changed everything around. At the end of the day, it doesn't, none of this shit matters. All that matters is if you find a diet that you like that works, then that's valid if you want to lose weight. Yeah. I mean, you definitely inspire me to get abs. I'm 50 years old. I never had abs. I've always been skinny and wiry and stuff. And like I am vegan and um, um, not that that matters, but I'm saying that you, you're, you're, you're getting abs at your age. You never yeah. have your whole life. And I'm like, never. fuck, 
I, I want to get him too. Like I started this ab workout yesterday. I'm going to focus on it. But I might get advice me off this about what, even on a vegan diet, like what you think I should be doing to burn. Because I can feel my abs there. Yeah. And there's just a little like 50-year-old flab over it. I, I can feel the abs and I do a lot of workout, working out. Yeah, you know? we all have abs. Yeah. I just want mine to be visible. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, I want to be able to burn it off and do the right things to do that. You know what I mean? I know it's like... I'm going to show you a picture. You're going you're gonna to bug out. Um, and I'm sorry if this is really boring no, for the I love, people. I love this. this the is people online. The people. We never talk about shit like this on here. Yeah. Um, Another great movie is Butterfly Effect, by the way. Yes, Butterfly wow, Effect is awesome. And what a concept, huh? Butterfly flaps its wings somewhere and like causes a tsunami in another country. That's <laughs> yeah. wild. Yeah, that was ahead of its time, actually. Yeah. That could actually happen maybe right now. Well, I mean, I, I walk around every day going like coronavirus was caused by a butterfly in like Montreal, you know, <laughs> who sneezed. Um, that's, that's a couple weeks ago. That's you? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. That's abs. Holy shit, dude. Bro, that's, it's so inspiring, man. It's crazy, man. Yeah. That's that next to like a picture of you from back then. Yeah, crazy, right? You should be so proud. I mean, you worked so hard. I remember you like riding bikes with Giovanni all the time. Your bike suits, and you were like, <laughs> yeah. when I first saw, I was like, damn, we lost so much weight. Like even then, but but when you lost all the weight, so it's when you see somebody like you and you see the weight loss, it's kind of like, is that really him? But now, as now you look like now you've you like you said you built muscle, and now it looks like how you're supposed to look. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, I, I you tried. In fairness, I got. So skinny, like I, I remember that I, I got to like almost fifty pounds less than I am now. Wow! Now here's the crazy thing: the way bodybuilders do it, they'll like they'll like diet really carefully to lose fat only and protect muscle, and then when they're building muscle, they'll build like a couple pounds a year, a few pounds of muscle okay. a year. It's really hard to build muscle. What I did was I went uh, down to like almost two hundred pounds. From 536 or probably 550, right? Down to almost 200 pounds. Wow, was fucking no muscle mass up top and hated it. And was like, I don't know who I am. This doesn't feel like me. I'm not comfortable. Like a light breeze could blow me over. I've always been a big guy. I like being a big guy. You felt weak? I felt weak. And I was doing, killing myself with cardio, like almost eight hours a day. Damn. I mean, me and Retta would ride our bikes from the valley over the hill, out to the beach, up PCH, do some canyons, yeah, ride back, hard, 120 man. miles. We would ride our bikes every day like that, you know? And and for, for a couple of years, I did that. How fast did that weight come off? It came off relatively quick, mm -hmm. but I was like doing stupid stuff. I was like not eating nearly enough and just mm -hmm. doing an insane. It was it, wrong. It, I, it was not sustainable at all. So then when I, I made a decision, like I'm going to gain weight, but I went crazy and went back up to 400 pounds. Wow. And I was doing a TV show, um, called chance in, okay. in, uh, uh, San Francisco, which was actually one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. I played okay. a total badass. It was so much fun about 400 pounds and I tore my bicep in a in a fight scene and I had to have an operation on my bicep and when they told my wife he has to go like normally they do this like in a in an outpatient place yeah. you have to be put out but like you get the operation and 
it's like you're not in a hospital and they they weighed me and they were like oh no you're so heavy that you have to go into a hospital because we have to have like extra life support for you in this and my wife was like what the fuck we were done with this mm. i'm not cool with this like you know i was, you lost it and gained it back yeah but but i decided to gain it back because i wasn't happy being thin okay and she said like I was totally supported you losing weight. I never gave you a hard time about your weight. I totally supported you when you said you were going to gain weight. I said, fine, mm-hmm. go do what you want to do. But like, you got to get to the point where you don't have to go have an outpatient procedure in a hospital. Like yes. that was her cutoff, right? That's scary. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to lose weight in, in a fashion where I still retain my muscle. Cause mm-hmm. I, I was lifting weights all the time as yeah. I, as, but just, I was eating everything in sight, pizzas and all this crazy shit. I had not died to be part of. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And so I started doing keto again. I got down to like lost probably 60, 70 pounds. And, uh, and, uh, I just wasn't, I wasn't, I felt like I was losing muscle mass and and I was like, this is annoying because I'd read all this stuff about bodybuilders doing keto and like all these like super fitness guys doing keto and not, and retaining muscle mass. And I was losing muscle mass. And when I would check it, I would go and get these scans that check your, your fat, your lean Mm -hmm. tissue and your bone density. And I found that for like every 10 pounds of weight that I would lose four to five of those were muscle mass and I was like I gotta stop this so I totally changed my diet increased my protein increased my carbohydrates felt stronger in the gym and now every bit of weight that I lose is only fat and it's and I'm much happier yeah so now you're totally in tune with your body yeah you know everything you eat every day like yeah and by the way, there are bodybuilders who are vegan. Kai Green no, there are, yeah. is vegan and he's fucking gigantic, dude. That yeah. dude is huge. So you can do it. You probably do have to increase your protein a little bit, but that's I know. totally easy. I'm, I'm gonna get um I'm gonna get I'm gonna get tips for you from that. Um when did uh my name is Earl start? My my name is Earl was uh two thousand five. We started doing that, yeah. So that that is is that a is that a game changer for you? It's weird because uh up until my name is Earl, I was doing movies and I was happily doing movies. Yeah. I, I would leave um, uh, for a long stretches every year, which which was kind of hard on my family at that point. Um, Where was that filmed? My name is Earl was here, but, okay. but like uh, the year before my name is Earl, I was in like New Zealand for six months, and and then mm-hmm. the year before that, I was in Montreal for a long time, and. And, you know, 2002, I was in Romania for seven months, like all these places. Um, And so my name is Earl. My wife was pregnant at the time and doing my name is Earl here was this amazing thing where I was like a normal person. Again, I use the word normal. It's the worst (laughs) fucking word. It's a terrible word. I hate to pin normalcy on anyone. Right. I don't want anybody to be normal. We're all you whatever. (laughs) Um, but like the idea of like being able to like come home and see my kids every yeah. night and spend time with my, them on the weekends and not have to be on a flight or That's something awesome. was awesome. So that was a game changer in that sense. But I didn't do as I haven't done as many movies since then. Since you were on since, that show. Since my name is Earl, yeah. But getting a show like that that's so popular, I'm not saying it's a dream or was a goal of yours when it gets in syndication and it has so many seasons and it's a, a really big show. Yeah. Great cast, great everything. Um 
uh, Jason's on there, skateboarder. Yeah. Um, and and we got Giovanni Retta. That's right. He, he was, was on, on there. there. <laughs> yeah. He played that. a bartender. But that was fun doing that show, though. Amazing. It was amazing. It, but when you do a show like that, I mean, I'm not sure how it works in the, in the music industry. You put a record out, you get royalties, stuff like that. But it, And then if it gets put on like a soundtrack to a movie or something, then you get publishing. Not not about money. I'm saying about money. I mean, when it goes into syndication, that's good for an actor, right? For sure. Getting replayed all the time. And oh, all for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's 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 insane as far as like money goes. That was a true game changer. I've never. It was a, yeah. it was much more money than I was accustomed to. Yeah, yeah. But that's cool. Like just to have TV because did, you were doing TV in between because you started out in TV yeah. and you went to movies. You were doing stuff in between, right? Yeah. And now, now I think TV's cooler even than movies. Like there was a period after My Name Is Earl where I was back to like wanting to do movies again. Yeah. And they still make some good movies, but I don't think they make as many good movies, or I'm not in as many good movies. But the TV I've done, Santa Clarita Diet, Santa Clarita Diet, it's awesome, was great man. Yeah, that was really fun. And then the show I did, Chance with Hugh Laurie, that mm-hmm. that's like to this day my favorite part I've ever had. You love it. I love. I'm it. looking into that one. I want to see yeah. that one. And he Clerks too, obviously. Yeah, uh, Brothers was amazing. Brothers was a great movie. I love movie. that yeah. movie, man. Yeah, we shot that, that during tough. My Name is Earl. Yeah, that was a good movie. It was a really good movie, man. Yeah. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. An amazing movie. <laughs> Bro. Amazing. Yeah. That That's amazing, man. Yeah. It seems like you, we also have your friendships with some of these actors, so it seems like I love when I see a movies with them. Yeah. Like reoccurring stuff with Toby and stuff like that. Yeah, it makes it, it makes it good. Yeah, doing Brothers with Toby and Wolf of Wall Street, it, it, it's... You know, a lot of this stuff is also like first day of school where you don't know anybody. And then you wind up like yeah. having worked with some of the people on something years ago. But like doing something with somebody you're close with, it's 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 really meaningful. It makes it easier too. If it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so traveling while you're trying to lose weight and stay sober, that must be hard too. It's just like being an artist, musician, touring and being a vegan or trying to eat. And- yeah. I think, you know. You got catering though. I, I I haven't I haven't eaten <laughs> catering in years, dude. I take my own food to work. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and if I go to uh, when I go to location now, like I worked a lot in um, Louisiana last year. I was in Louisiana a lot, a lot last wow. year, and uh, and th- the first thing I did, like when I got there, was f- find a grocery store, find some food. Was that for the hunt? The, I did two movies there last. I did the hunt and another one called Gossamer Folds, which isn't out okay. yet. Um, I love the hunt too. It was great. Hunt, hunt was awesome. Fucking um, so good. Yeah, but you know, like in the beginning of sobriety, I would find a, a meeting and, awesome. and like hit a meeting as like in a new town. Yeah. You can find a meeting anywhere on earth, and sure. uh, and now I don't even really do that so much. Um, I think that there are definitely pitfalls to traveling yeah for stuff like sobriety and dieting for sure it yeah, makes it hard, more complicated man. but like if i get on a plane now i got a bag of food with me that i me made too. at my house and and i got a plan for wherever i'm going i've like we have google Searched it out. yeah yeah man. it's yeah. there's no there's no question that i have so easy, dude. i mean i've literally landed in new york and like ordered instacart from the airport still sitting on the airplane yeah. so that it gets to my hotel awesome. with some groceries you know um we get we have happy cow for vegans okay so it tells you anywhere and everywhere you go in any country any state any city yeah all the spots are right. yeah awesome i mean thing. i i gotta imagine as a vegan that that wasn't so easy so hard dude 20 years ago like eight like, like 89 90 or going to europe 
Yeah. It was so just falafels or like just pasta or pizza with no cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was hard, man. Yeah. And then, Sacrifice. Like, let's be honest, a lot of the pizza in, <laughs> in Europe sucks. It's just not good. We fit, we mastered pizza. I'm sorry, sorry to tell it. my European friends. Yeah. yeah, that's true. There's some good, Italy has some good pizza. Yes. But like but pizza in France, oh, yeah, pizza yeah. in France is not great. No, man. And it's hard. Like, Oh, you back then. It's like, oh, you know, you meet. Okay, here's some, here's some lettuce. Right. Here's some piece of bread. Like, right. You eat a lot of carbs, man. It's, yeah. It's easy to become a junk food vegan for sure. Yeah. I mean, the only times I've even flirted with it, I'm thinking <laughs> about like a veggie grill, and I'm going like, fuck, if I can just eat that, I'm vegan, no problem. But you can't eat that for three meals a day or or even more. Like, it's, it's not healthy. But it's good though. It's delicious. Um. Another movie you did, I fucking love it. I don't know if I mentioned Motherless Brooklyn. That's a great one. Yeah. Wow, man. You that, know what? <clears throat> I thought it came in the theaters. Was it right before the Corona? I don't even know when. It seemed like it came out. It came out. It came out uh, in small independent theaters, maybe. Yeah. I, try, I couldn't. I wanted to see it so bad, and I waited. And I saw it. It was so good, man. Yeah. the The wild thing was the first day of shooting was exactly twenty years after American History That's X what came out. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't years believe did you that. Did a movie with him? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was that cool? Like to hang again and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it was good. It was good. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's he's a he's a smart dude too. Yeah. Um, I heard him on uh, one of my friends' podcast, Rich Roll's podcast. Um, so yeah, Mother's Book and The Hunt. The Hunt was so good. But yeah, my name is Earl Entourage too. Yeah. That was another one. Yep, I did. I did a couple episodes of Entourage. I'm good friends with Kevin Connolly. And there was actually, um, I, I played myself twice on Entourage. And then they had this role written for a proper character, like a filmmaker character. And they asked me to do it. And I was like, that'd be so wild that I'll be in Entourage like twice as myself and as this other character. That'd be so fun. And then NBC wouldn't let me do it. Oh, because because oh. of my name is Earl, which sucked. But I like contractually obligated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. How many years was you in there? Like four years. My name was it. It was really like five, but okay. there was a big a big strike that disrupted it. Okay. Yeah. And Jason Lee is a good skateboarder, huh? Oh man, he's so good. Sick, right? Yeah, the blind video back oh, in the nineties. Right. He's so good. Did you skate back then? No. You never I, skated. I, I I stood on a skateboard once or twice and fell off it and was like, this is not for me. But we talked about like surfing. You tried twice. Surfing, I twi- I tried. Um, surfing, I think I could get into. Uh, could exercise too. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm scared of some of the the local scenes. I don't want to get beat <laughs> up in the water. About that with my son yeah. before this, like yeah, Max he's going is to like these, these different beaches where there's like locals only type thing. Um, Max has put me off it. I'm not. I don't need to rumble with some young kids out over like the Huntington Beach break or whatever it's like it point, is. Point blank, point break move. What's it called? Point, yeah, break? Yeah. point break. Yeah, yeah. We just watched it recently. It's such a good movie. Max never saw. I saw it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, did you ever want to? Did you ever think about going back to college during any of that time? Or no, and I never. GED? I I got my GED, okay. um, which is kind of a ridiculous test that I think any eighth grader could probably pass. Um, <laughs> you know, but stay in school kids because it's not that easy now, but yeah, uh, maybe not. It I might not know. be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was, it was kind of absurdly easy uh, when I took it. It was a long time ago, but um, I never went back to school. I've done, I've done uh, a number of like um, online, online uh, yeah. courses uh, in philosophy. I like French Francois. Uh, no, sorry. Michel Foucault a lot as a, okay. you know, I think 
I think there's a weird, um, I like postmodernism. I like the idea of moral relativism. I don't like so much the kind of Marxist bent that's being put on it in schools today, which from what I've read has nothing to do with it at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of these people want to trade one set of arbitrary rules for another set of arbitrary rules rather than recognizing that these are just arbitrary rules and Mm -hmm. we should just get rid of the rules. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of my feeling on it. Um, But yeah, I've I've not done school proper and I've taken some uh, writing college classes in writing and, yeah. and philosophy yeah but not you know look the way the way it's set up for my kids <clears throat> which i think is a magical gift to them that i hope they recognize and i keep telling them that it's a magical gift is they've they're no longer uh utterly irresponsible in so far as they were as children living with us and going to you know elementary middle high school yeah. junior high that kind of thing where they have no responsibilities ultimately you know maybe do the dishes yeah. clean up your room whatever it is yeah. yeah this kind of middle ground of you're partially responsible now at school but not totally an adult yet and that's not even true for all many people are existing as adults while going to school figuring it all out for yeah. themselves but this kind of magical moment in between real life and life under the yoke of a parentage seems so awesome to me. It's like seems romantic. Maybe it would get old and I would not want to do it too, but yeah. But it it seems like, you know, 4 years of you know, pursuing education that I'm interested in and uh and not having to worry about like paying for it my you know yeah and and the way i think the the structure of college loans is is completely crazy to me you know and and that we could saddle kids with debt like that and 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 when when i take a real deep dive i go like there's no there's no one negotiating the cost of of school and so when you have a guarantee that everybody will get a loan but nobody's negotiating the cost of schooling then the school can charge whatever they want and if you look at the inflation rate of of higher education it's gone up at like something 30 times the rate of wow. inflation because the government has said like everybody's guaranteed a loan and you schools can charge whatever you want and so now you have kids with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt that's certainly yeah yeah, that's certain so do i I, your whole life yeah that is not ideal that's crazy so Mm -hmm. so um i don't know if if somebody said to me (laughs) like you could take four years off study whatever you want i would i would think of that you know really that would be a fun time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is it um hard feet was it hard balancing you have such a big family balancing family and work and traveling and all that and being a dad being president and doing movies and going away yeah were you able to bring your kids and stuff with you sometimes on the set or yeah uh, visit you? uh in 2002 my wife came out she wasn't with my wife yet and uh to romania um oh, wow. and and we were gonna like m- figure out having the kids come out there and stuff and and uh and she she hated it and she was like i'm not doing this you have to come back i i don't like it here i want to go home yeah and so i wound up coming back like 11 times um, wow and that's a that's a, 
like three gnarly flights to get from where I was to Los Angeles. Um, That's brutal. Yeah, but and then uh, New Zealand, her and the kids came out, and that was 2003 or four. Uh, and then now when I travel, I just come home a lot. Yeah. You know? So you have three kids, right? Four. Four kids. Four wow. girls, yeah. Wow, man. Four yeah. girls. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I should I should have tried for a second one, man, because uh, it would have been cool to have a boy and a girl, but yeah, my wife made me get my tubes, my things, my tubes tied. So. Yeah, my <laughs> wife has has threatened me with that. No, my tube side, my whatever. Yeah, 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 it's it's a version of that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the guy's name's Doctor Sax, by the way. Doctor Sex. Sax. Sax. Close they enough. Said a bunch of my friends so far. I right. I'm um, not doing that. <laughs> I'm scared of that. Yeah, uh, but, but but I'm also not having any more kids. Yeah. Four is enough. It's not painful. It's just um, you're numb, but it's the sound of it. It's like a, it's like a pop. Oof. And um, this probably never happened to anybody on the planet who ever had this done. My wife was in the room. The doctor asked me why she was there. I go, she's my wife. She was filming me, laughing at me. When they solder it, there's smoke coming up. Oh, my God. And she's laughing and pointing at me the whole time. It was... A fucking surreal moment. Thanks, Moon. But she had to be in the room. She had to like document. And I came home and I had the tubes in a container. I gave them to my son. I said, "This this was it? part of yeah. This you don't was, want your brothers and sisters. This yeah, is the deal. These were used to create you. <laughs> yeah. Um, American Glutton. American Glutton. So yeah. how much weight have you lost up until this? Well, I went moment? from I went from it's close to three hundred pounds. Wow, man. Yeah, and and and. You know, if you count um, the weight that I gained and then lost for a second and third time in some yeah. instances, uh, it's I, I don't have a, a real figure. Uh, but but it's a lot, man. From my heaviest to now is close to three hundred pounds. And you happy with your weight now? Are you happy with your body now? Or is it a constant struggle? Every yeah, day? no. I mean, look, I showed you that picture of Sick. me with my shirt off. I you Dude. can see my abs, but. Bro. I want to get them even more defined. I want you to see the veins bulging in my stomach. Now that is not something that I'll ma- maintain for very long. I'll get, I'll like where get I, there. the weight I am now will be, is like my maintenance weight. But if I drop down to like 253, 252, and I'm just like almost no fat on my body, get a nice picture of that lubed up in baby oil with the right lighting <laughs> Right, like a Playboy it's cover, Playgirl though. cover shot. That's a goal. That's yeah. a real goal. And that's and that's what I do now. And so I go like I go. I'm gonna do, you know, versions of. I do maintenance periods for months at a time where I'm neither gaining nor losing weight, and then okay. and then I and then I drop it down, and then I'm I haven't yet done a muscle building phase that didn't involve gaining a lot of weight because a lot of times. When you're gaining weight, you're gaining fat and muscle, of and then you want to just lose the fat. Yeah, and it's like this tricky kind of scientific e- equation to mm-hmm. to do that. I haven't done the version of lean massing where you're putting on muscle with as as little fat as possible. But after I get this photograph of myself, that's like a Playgirl cover photo. <laughs> I can't wait. Dude. I can't wait to either. It's gonna be awesome. You know, like where the <laughs> like you got water dripping off you and all that shit. But it's really yeah, it's baby like oil. Thong, though, maybe like a bodybuilder thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, so, something like that. Something like that's that. that's a goal to have. I mean, you're 44. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. So the podcast. I was the first vegan on there two days ago. Um, 
The podcast is going good. You got a lot yeah. of episodes. I realize I'm only on my, I've been doing this, I'm on my seventh, seventh this is my 74th, and you're like on 50 or something already? Something like that, Wow. Yeah. Been, when did you start doing that? We started in like right around Thanksgiving, but we didn't start releasing them until January. Okay. So we were- we're Stacking them up. We were like backlogged. Even today, today, we're a couple weeks, like like yours, the one we did will come out in a couple yeah. of weeks, and uh, and just to have that cushion- you know. I do too. I'm sitting on a bunch as well, but I like to like once in a while throw one out. Yeah, like this. This to people will be like, "Wow, this is different from other guests." You know, yeah. I like doing that. Um, so obviously, the inspiration for the podcast is your journey of everything you've been through, right? Yeah, I, I wanted to share. It. Look, when I got down to my lightest, I didn't want to talk about it, and then there there were even like some. Like paparazzi took pictures of me and said some nasty things about like how I didn't look great, which I I can't even disagree with them. But it Does that I, shit bother you? It, it it did. I don't think it would now. Like now, I've been called fat a number of times, and and I'm like, if you think I'm fat, then that's on you. I can't do anything about that, you know. But but also, I think that um, there's a heavy emphasis put on health, and I'm not knocking health. I am interested in health. Yeah. But I wasn't. I didn't really care about health when I started losing weight. That was like maybe my tenth most important reason. Was it image? It was. It was like constant discomfort, and okay. and and that's both mental and physical sure. discomfort. Um, but like literal discomfort in like my feet hurt and yeah. my knees and, uh, you know, I would get winded walking up a couple of stairs and. I didn't like people to hear me breathe because I remember being a kid and and some other kid said like, wow, you breathe loud. And so I would naturally like hold my breath around people or like you get in an elevator and I would hold my breath so that nobody or breathe really slowly. Kids are evil, man. I, I think it's accidental, but there there's a, a ton of stuff where, you know, the the people I respect the most in in the industry of like health and weight loss and fitness and stuff are are almost entirely focused on health. And I yeah. go, at the end of the day, I don't know that you're going to necessarily sell everybody on health. Mm -hmm. And also, I think like in in this day and age where you have professional video game players, health becomes somewhat subjective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're not chopping wood to build a fire to warm our house i mean somebody is somewhere yeah. but you and i aren't shout out to that. them though yeah, yeah. Shout, for sure I, I respect that like yeah, that, that awesome. to me also sounds like a cool thing to do uh i don't do that yeah so i don't need to do that so at what point do i go like every choice i make is not being dictated by health some degree of it is it's in there somewhere but it's not in absolute terms and when when you get these like health and fitness people who are always about health, I'm like, I don't know that that communicates necessarily to everyone because it you were missing me when I needed when yeah. when that message most applied to me it 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 wasn't impinging at all it yeah. was like right over my head um and and just you know I I I I, I just from the perspective of like people who lost weight that I even respected I I wasn't hearing words that I needed to hear and so I just want to be a voice for like people who who have had failures doing this yeah. and and to offer motivation 
I am not prescriptive at all. Like I don't think everybody needs to lose weight. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I like, I love Lizzo. Like Lizzo to me has the exact right mental fortitude to exist in this day and age and fuck everything else. Yeah, she's amazing. You know what I mean? But I also really admire Adele who lost a bunch of weight. Yeah, she, she decided to, she lost weight. She's happy love with herself. Both. Yeah. And she's a great before and great after. Whatever exactly. Makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I see a little girl, um, this was vegan, by the way, fucking more power. I, to I her. to the other day. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's yeah. Cool. So there is some probably health re- thought process yeah. to how she's consuming food, which sure. even, so I want to tell people, shut the fuck up talking about Lizzo. Lizzo is a badass. She's a badass. I see a little girl, uh, today wearing a midriff shirt with a gut. And I'm happy for that little girl because she has a positive self-image. I love that too. I I was the kid Comfortable who... Comfortable in their own skin, man. Yeah, I was the kid who, who would wear a, a jacket on a hot day because I wanted to cover myself up because I wasn't comfortable in my yeah. own skin. I'm still not totally comfortable in my own skin. I wouldn't put that connotation on anyone else. That is all my responsibility to change. I don't yeah. need... A, I don't need the... the the point of view of the world to change. I think it's within me to decide how I feel about myself. Yeah. It's not, it's nobody else. But I also know that um, there have been times in my life where I felt like something was impossible. And then I've looked at the example somebody else has set and been inspired. And so if I can do that, I also think it's going to help keep me accountable to myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that for me. I've been trying. Yeah. You really did. Like, I'm really going to try to, like, get in better shape because you inspire me. It's amazing, man. Yeah. Um, what are we going to say after that? Um, I can go out in the podcast. So, um, are your, most of your guests are people from weight loss? Or no, because I'm not, but, like... No, I, yeah. I, I, I want to... Listen, honestly, I want to hear everybody's story. I want to talk about food with everyone. Yeah. Because I, I think, you know, and and I've and I've had people on who I don't, totally agree with yeah and i'm totally and i I, i'm open to it because i have gathered information from many sources and i think that the i think that the for me the best the best angle to take is to know as much as i can uh from as all all information from as many perspectives as possible and and make my decisions accordingly and and then figure out what's right for me yeah you know what i mean but but for a long time i was just like you know the blood type eat right for your blood type is the only diet that really works. So I'm just going to do that. And then you tried all different ones. Uh, yeah. And then keto was the only diet that works and <laughs> yeah. we're all allergic to gluten. Everybody is. And that's bullshit, man. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, go look at the Italians. They eat pasta, you know, all the yeah. time. They don't seem to be allergic to it. You know, they're it's not true. all obese. Yeah. Um, and so I just go like, you got to figure out what's right for you. If you want to lose fat, you got to be in a caloric deficit, but that doesn't mean you have to count calories okay. and that doesn't mean you have to like sit and do a bunch of math, but that is kind of the function of thermogenesis. Whether we want to put the value on that or not, that's how burning energy works, yeah. you know? Would you, would you like off, off air, would you really give me like something for a vegan who wants to burn and trim up? For sure. You would know? Yeah. That stuff? Yeah. Um, do you think losing the weight's affected you as an actor? Like, because you've been known as being the big guy? Yeah. Were you getting roles to, as the big guy for... I mean, your acting's incredible. It doesn't matter how you looked. 
But has that changed since you lost weight? You think? I for sure it has. Or, or you think? Or you think it really hasn't? But mentally, you think it has. No. Okay. I think it really has, and I'm okay with that. I, I I don't think I was okay with that when I was uncomfortable with my weight. When I got so thin that I couldn't really recognize myself. Uh, me either. When I first saw it, I was, was bugged out, man. Yeah. And starting that tight bicycle thing. Yeah. And I was properly thin, it's and crazy, and I would man. like look in the mirror and be like, I don't like this, and. And it affected my work. And then I decided to gain weight and I gained a bunch of weight and I did the, my favorite job ever. And then yeah. my wife was like, you got to lose weight again. And I lost weight and, and, you know, and then quarantine happens and who nobody's working right now. And so yeah. I don't know, but like, I, I'm okay with that too. I, I was a working actor for, yeah. you know, 30 years almost. And, and so amazing career, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with my career. I, I wouldn't gain weight again. I'm, I'm very happy with my boy meets. Right what was your first job? And that's the only job. It's your first job. And then here we are now. It's yeah, it's a really amazing career, man. Yeah. It's really amazing. Do you have any regrets? I mean, I, I, I sometimes wish I'd gone to college, but then I wouldn't trade anything for now. I, I wish I'd discovered, um, the 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 way I eat right now and I have for for a long time I'm very happy with it I I awesome. I feel great even when I'm cutting fat I feel great um, I have energy in the gym I'm happy with my body I wish I'd discovered that a little earlier yeah yeah you're still young though man you look yeah young too. I have no regrets yeah no regrets no um th you think you ever be a hundred percent happy with your body. Was it a constant battle mentally, physically, every day? Like you're, did you obsess on OCD? Like, not OCD, but I, there, I think that, and and again, I think it becomes tricky with children. And and as a as a kid, when I was five, I had no attention on my body at all. Okay, and and my grandparents freaked out. And and would and I went to visit them one one year, and they would make me weigh every day, and then they would put me on a diet and make me exercise. Wow, so much pressure at a young kid, man. Five years old, and and that's got a fucking mental. That's fucking crazy, man. Well, starting there, I started to sneak food because they were withholding food from me, so I would sneak it. Now and you're also a kid. Yeah, and kids are supposed to live and eat foods, and you know what I mean? yeah, be a kid. And I, I was definitely probably overweight. I was definitely overweight, but I wasn't obese at five. I was chubby. And and not even, like, honestly, if I look at pictures of myself right now from when I was five, I'm, I don't even see a chubby kid. I really don't. We're all chubby as kids, man. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like I, I spent a long time uh, really creating unhealthy habits with my body uh, and so I don't know if I'm ever going to be comfortable. I know that I can be, I know yeah. that all I have to do is decide to be, and I will be, I haven't decided to be yet. I'm still kind of working shit out, you know? Yeah. Um, it's interesting to think if they didn't take that stuff away from you, what would have happened if, cause once you take it away, it makes you really want it more and have to sneak it. But if they didn't do that, maybe this would have been a chubby kid who just grew out of it and just, who knows? That's you know, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, I already know the answer to this question, but are you an optimist or pessimist? You talked about PMA. You listen to PMA by Bad Brains in the gym. Yeah. So you're, I can, you're a positive I can, person. I, I'm a positive person. I can get dark. You Me know? Too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I but I but I always I always know in the back of my head that, that if if I go outside and I look around, 
that optimism will win. Yeah, we talked about this in your podcast. It was yeah. cool that you listen to the Bad Brains that get you pumped and yeah, and that song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, especially now, we have to be even even for our kids too. Yeah. In the household. Yeah, so like, I mean, going through this recent bout of um, civil upheaval, <laughs> my kids were freaking out. I'm sure. And 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 there was one one day I, I i i sat down with them and they were like no you know this is the worst thing that's ever happened and i was like look this is really like you're you're in no danger this is this is like if you think about what 1992 3000 structural fires like 60 people were murdered that was you were here then that too that was yeah i was here that wow. was that was bad did you watch that doc LA 92? No. It just came out. Is it it's great? Incredible. Yeah. I mean, that you was that was that was bad. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to just tell my kids, like, no, some bad shit happened. People are upset. They're out there saying we're upset. Yeah. Like, good. Yeah. That's it. There's not this is mm-hmm. not a scary thing. You yeah. know? Um But think, from going from lockdown, being taken out of school, can't see your friends. And then And to, then they're just on their phones all the time and computers. Yeah, then, then riots and then Everything shuts down, restaurants. Yeah. Like for the mental of a kid, I can't even imagine like what that feels like. Right yeah. Now, I, 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 I try to tell my youngest kids like it's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. It is. I, and I believe that. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. I, th- I think we're going to come out of this stronger. I would hope. That's yeah. the positive where we're thinking. We're going to come out yeah. of this stronger, you know, more united. and Yeah. And then, and then some nights I go to bed going like, <laughs> We got to go escape and live in the woods, you know, and like, do we have enough white rice and diesel fuel to get us there? And we'll build a house and just be by ourselves. I, I, do, I do think about that sometimes, like selling this house and then going somewhere to a small town, like it's chopping wood. Me too. It's, it sounds amazing, but would we really like it? Because we're like I city don't know. people. Yeah. Right? We're city slickers. It sounds amazing for like a week or two during this, but then I don't know. I love the energy of a city and yeah. I know. I I think of this uh, quote, and it's from some book I read, some philosophical book, where the guy just says, "Chop wood, carry water," and like you just do that. And as long as you do that, everything's going to be okay. Chop wood, carry water. And so I think about that, and mm. then I think, if I was literally doing that, maybe it would be really great. You know, like if I had to go to the stream and carry water it's back, sick workout too, and though. chop. Yeah, exactly. And and like, I think much of the problem today for me at least comes from a point of uh having too much free time and 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 not having to work hard and yeah all of my traps have been like i have access to fast food i have access to sitting around and and not having something to do yeah and 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 you know idols hands are the devil's playground that's that is just true for me if i don't have enough to do i can get myself in trouble so i gotta give myself stuff to do yeah did you get like lazy or during this lockdown i i had snap out of it and shit yeah i had some rough days um but i i never missed a workout i would do workouts at my house i would go on walks get my kids out of the house go get some vitamin d you know yeah, so daily, daily rituals view is basically working out every day. Yeah, working out every day. You drink and, coffee? Yeah. So one coffee in the morning? I drink one coffee in the morning, yeah. And it usually lasts me until like early afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I've been on and off. Like I, I'm sure people listen. Like I talk about I started coffee last 
uh, December for the first time, really every day for a month. I didn't really. It's the first drug I've ever done. Yeah. It, so we're gonna get to that. But I took coffee every single day, and it made me give me so much energy. I felt so like alive. But then I get like super jittery, dehydrated, take a shit, gonna take a nap. It really fucked me up. Yeah. But I there's something about drinking a coffee. I feel like an adult. I, my son, my son drinks coffee every day. And I feel like I know people have it every single day. It makes them regular, all that stuff. Yeah. One a day, that's it? That's it. You're a big dude for one cup. Yeah. And 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 honestly, I don't even always finish it. Wow. I, I put it in a, one of those Yeti thermos cups so yeah. it stays hot. And Ooh. it honestly stays hot for hours and hours. And I just... I just sip it almost medicinally. Black coffee only? No, I put a little, I put like a tablespoon and a half Is and a half in it. Is coffee good for us healthy as far as your metabolism and burning stuff? Apparently, but I don't know. It's also a diuretic, so it could be dehydrating us. I mean, I, I, I don't... You pound water when you drink it. Yeah, I think that, I think that, I think like anything else, if we're doing this shit in moderation, it's fine, you mm-hmm. know? I think pretty much any drug done in moderation, you know, you're yeah. not going to kill yourself, but, but... You know, there are people who probably overdo coffee and coffee just never, I feel more alert. And then once I get that feeling, any excess of it, I don't feel good, you know? And so I'm never looking to like, cocaine, you just keep feeling great, you know? But don't you feel... So when you do cocaine, isn't the next morning like you feel down though? Yeah, the next morning. But you know, the the, the greatest uh, remedy to that is more cocaine. Yeah. Would that be the funnest drug you've ever done? Um, if you had to say a fun one. Cocaine. Yeah, fun. I mean, ecstasy is fun. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. They're, I, I, they're, all those drugs are fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, but, then, <laughs> but, then, but then you like, it's more fun than real life. So why yeah. ever be in real life anymore? That was kind of my perspective. Mm. I was just like, this is way better than like the misery I'm in without this. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Um, well, one thing we talked about, I wanted to say one thing because I should have sent you a podcast about straight edge. Some people, like I read you the lyrics the other day, don't smoke, don't drink, don't fuck, at least I can't fucking think. For some people, it wasn't promiscuous sex. For some people, it was just drugs, no alcohol. That's me, no whatever. And some people even say that, you know, coffee's a drug or caffeine's a drug. Sure. So there's some people that are extremely straight edge or don't do any caffeine. Yeah. You know, that, that's been like argument for years if like green tea with caffeine is a drug or... Yeah. Um, I do feel like I didn't try anything my whole life when I started drinking coffee. I did feel like... I did feel different. Not like I didn't have control of my body, but I did feel more hyper and more like this yeah. kind of high from me, you know? You, you gave up sobriety, man. That's crazy. No, <laughs> I kidding. sold out straight edge for coffee. But some people think that, you know, you can't have caffeine. So so what that song became that was just a personal song, just like straight edge is my personal choice, it became other things for other people. Like yeah. you took from that song other ways. Dude, I remember know, the faction them. like of militant straight edge when yes, I was, was a, a lot, kid. And, and it was like Intense. practically Bible thumping of like, mm-hmm. this is the way it is and like you don't mess around there was a militant side of it too yeah and there was a violent there was a militant side there was a stricter yeah. side then there was a veganism side too. yeah like, anything can i mean like yeah at the end of the day i think straight edge is a super positive message but it, it's like an individual way to figure it out yes. you know what i mean for me it was always something positive something i got from this band something that i already was and i had a title or a name for it and i just stuck with it my whole life it wasn't Anything more than like no drinking, no drugs. And, yeah. Um, and to be honest, and I, I've said in the podcast before, I've only been with five women my whole entire life and I've been married for almost half my life. I was never a play. I was never like going after girls. Like I said, I love my skateboard. And then veganism, I want to say that mentioned on your, your podcast as well, that for me, veganism 
is only for the animals. So like all the stuff I've been through, like eating fucking dry ass Boca burgers and falafels, everything. It was a sacrifice for the animals because I didn't want to eat things with eyes. With you know what I mean? I just sure. didn't want to eat animals. So everything I've done for veganism is only for the animals. My sacrifice. It's not about me. I'm a vegan. I'm the best vegan. I'm the coolest vegan. It's nothing like that for me. It's just it's yeah. just for the animals, you know. Yeah. And I feel like um. No, I I respect that, and I do think culturally we get very very weird about like what is cuddly and meant for hanging out with, and what is food. And 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 we talked about that dogs versus cows. It it does become a thing where I'm just and and then we're critical of the way they eat in China and the wet markets, and I'm like, well, that how are we better? You know, I don't know. And, and I, I understand if there's an argument that there's diseases being born out of the wet markets, but as far as I can tell, they don't know where the hell this came from. If it's a laboratory or if it's a wet market mm-hmm. or what, and I'm, and I'm sure somebody could say like, well, there is absolute scientific proof that there are diseases coming out of wet markets. And I go, okay, is that the only place diseases are coming out of? Cause we've got plenty of diseases. And yeah. And I just think that, to, to make some kind of like um, arbitrary cultural adjudication that one cuddly thing is cuddly, but another cuddly th- thing. I mean, this is a subjective point of view. A little baby cow doesn't look sweet and nice to you. Like it's not mm-hmm. something you want to pet or a little baby pig. Yeah. That's not a, a friendly looking thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's what, we, it's what almost we've been programmed to think. Like we said in your thing, like milk does the body good. Drink your milk every day. You're drinking... Would you drink? Uh, we'd feed. Um, a, would you drink? Uh, how would I say it? The opposite. We're drinking a cow's milk. Would we feed human milk to, to a, a cow? cow? You know, right. I'm saying. Like, but that's yeah. the stuff we're supposed to have. It's good for your bones and all that stuff. Yeah. And no, like my the- wife has been utterly anti-milk. And again, I, I'm not vegan. And and like, if if I wasn't dieting, and you put a cheese plate down in front of me, I would eat the shit out of the cheese. I don't eat cheese now because it's high in fat, but um, we've never really done cow's milk at our house. It's always been like, and and they're into all. There's so many options now. Oat milk, all rice the, milk, almond milk, all the milk. different nuts, uh, yeah, nut uh, milk. macadamia nuts, and yeah. and, and uh, walnut milk. I think I've even seen. It's crazy how many nuts can make a milk. So that's there's so many alternatives now. Yeah, there's there's option for everybody. Oh, coconut cream they put in their oh, coffee, yeah. which is apparently delicious. I heard it's really good. Yeah. Oat milk's good too. That's like that's like all the rage. Yeah. Um, would you have any top five artists? It could be an actor or musician or band. Any top five inspirations? Do you have any? Top Are you a hip hop head? I, well, I was. I will say that this the the uh, Run the Jewels album. Sick. It's unbelievable. And the new song. The oh new my video god! With Greg Nice. It's unbelievable. Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, great, man. It's unreal. Shout out to Killer Mike. Yeah, my Amazing. my uh, my kids call it Boomer Rap. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, that's fucking <laughs> awful. I don't think any of them are boomers. No. And, and, and I'm actually technically not a boomer, no. but I did. I, my youngest did once call my o- oldest a boomer, which I thought was pretty great. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, my oldest is a millennial. So but coming to your studio, I heard like Tribe Called Quest in there the other day. Yeah. Like you play old, like nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great time, hip hop. The nineties was the best. Dude, that first Wu Tang clan album Shoot. was insane and Biggie, I loved Biggie and and yeah. That's your New York roots. Yeah. yeah. Under one year old. I, I mean, listen, I was out here 
in in those years but i always preferred east coast hip-hop like yeah. uh smith and wesson poor yeah. righteous teachers Ooh. like all those guys poor righteous teachers was amazing yeah although i did like the far side a lot the they, they were great. west coast I think. how about like brand newbian or yeah. black moon awesome uh de la soul jungle brothers gangstar yeah I don't honestly listen to a lot of music right now. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you listen to? I listen to books on tape. Okay. Yeah, that's almost all that I listen to right now. Do you have one major inspiration in your life? Um, a person, a musician, or I don't know, Arthur? Arthur? I, 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 I quite commonly uh, go back to a Samuel Beckett quote, and he said, ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. And that Sick. quote, like I, I, I think about that quote almost every day. That's great. Yeah. That'd be a sick tattoo, actually. Yeah. Do you have any tattoos? I have some. I, I got them all when I was young, and none of them are good. <laughs> They're, They're all pretty sh bad? Shitty tattoos so, cover-ups, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. You haven't been tattooed for years? I haven't been tattooed for years, no. God. Do kids have any tattoos? Uh, the older kids have hearts on a finger. Um, oh, that's cool. And that's it, yeah. And yeah. then the 15-year-old keeps threatening to show up with tattoos. And I'm like, I don't know how you're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he asked for that too. Max is like, they're doing hand poke tattoos in the class at school? Yeah. I'm like, dude, look at me. I get you any tattoo appointment you want with any artist yeah, you want Yeah, don't world. do that. Please don't do that. Yeah. You have one more year and you're 18. Like, yeah. But all the people are doing it now. It's yeah. Crazy, no, I had man. that too. I had I gave myself a you tattoo. You did hand poke? Yeah. Um, and then I got it covered up, and then I got it lasered off, and then it's just a fucking awful. Dude, lasering sucks. It's the worst. It's um, so much worse than getting a tattoo. Like my kids are like, it's just <laughs> as bad as getting a tattoo. No, it's not. Yeah, it depends how big it is, too. But it's pretty fast. But it's just yeah. But, and you got to do it like twenty times. I know. I I made I made a point with with Rap to go get something done for him. We went there. I went before, and I got. They told me what it was gonna have to be like, and we finally went there. And we sat down, and it was his turn to go. And they're like, um, okay. He's like, you can do this right now, right? They're like, no, sir. He's like, I want the whole thing off right now. They're like, you have to come back. He goes, you expect me to come back here over and over again? And he's like, Toby, I'm out of here. And like, he just walked out of the room. I was in there by myself. <laughs> I was like, you can't laser in one shot. No, he didn't yeah. understand the process. Yeah. And by the way, they can't even tell you how many treatments it's going to take. <laughs> they can't. They're, they're like, maybe 10 treatments. And then. So I, I never told Rap this, but after, after I, I'd been back there after that because I got some. I, I apologize. I said, sorry. He didn't know how it was supposed to go. But. Because I wanted to go back and get mine anyway, you know, yeah. but he kind of left me, put me on blast and left me in the room by myself. That sounds like him. He's such a maniac, yeah. man. Um, all right, I think we covered a lot of stuff. Dude. Right, I'm good. really, really stoked. Yeah. This is so awesome. I'm honored to be on your podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me um, on yours. So it's basically part one, part two, whatever, on both our podcasts. But yeah, San, San, Santa Clara to Diet is freaking amazing, man. That's a great one, dude. Yeah. Uh, I'm stoked you listen to Bad Brains at the gym. I'm happy for everything you do in your life and your marriage and your family. Yeah. I've known you for a very long time, man. Yeah. Um, and I want you to come out of uh, hardcore retirement when my band plays. I can't wait, dude. After this lockdown. You know, the, the, <laughs> the last time I was um, inspired to like get into a crowd, I think was uh, randomly... You know, we went, my sister-in-law, Juliet, yep. who who I think was with your brother yeah. at the time. The Licks. Yeah, in Austin for South by Southwest, and they were playing this bar, and they played, and they're clearing out, and I don't know why I stayed for the next band, because I, I, I'm like not super comfortable around crowds, yeah. and haven't, hadn't been to shows in 20, 20 years at that point. Damn. Yeah. And But I was like, I'll just see what this next band is. 
and it was this band, The Gallows. From great, uh, dude, I've never been great more bands. excited to be at a show than I was seeing. And fucking Frank Carter comes off the stage. Off. He's in the fucking pit. Great front man. Holy shit! Shout out to Frank. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But and then the the next time I felt that feeling was reading a post of yours on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, I was reading it and I was like, yes, I know what this feels like. I want this too. I want to be there. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, shout out to the Gallows. Great band. Also, Juliet Lewis and Licks. My brother Tom Morris. I was great, but she's a great front. Yeah, yeah. Or we she call kills her front, it. She's front woman. Yeah, kills it, man. Like just yeah. It's such a great band. A lot of energy. I'm I'm always yeah. impressed with the energy you guys have. Thank you, man. Yeah. I can't wait to play music one day whenever that's going to be. And <laughs> one day. I, I just trying to think about it, just go on with my day and live day to day. Yeah, it's going to happen. I, I know it is. <sighs> but you'll be at the next LA show. Yeah, for sure. So American American Glutton, check out his podcast. I'll, I'll tag that and everything too. And um, yeah, man, thanks for your time. This is awesome. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you, brother. All right. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to the next one.